Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. Thanks as always, Jim Nance right there. And hey, we had the Open Championship, one of my favorite events of the year. And Colin Morikawa gets his second major championship. It was amazing to see him do it because I, I thought about as it happened on the, on the final 72nd hole, I tweeted out, I said, hey, two major championships for Colin Morikawa equals the total career majors for Dustin Johnson. And look at DJ's got 49 starts in majors. Colin gets his second in eight in his eighth start, unbelievable the way he's able to do that. So Morikawa at a 25% winning clip, uh, just amazing uh, with the win there. And I love the way he thanked fans individually. He said that he wanted to thank every single one of the fans there, the fans uh, watching on TV. There is such a genuineness to call Morikawa. I was lucky, you know, I'd seen that in person too when I met him at Bay Hill in 2020. Um, I had asked him, or actually I started the conversation that Colin, obviously you're one of the best ball strikers, one of the best iron players uh, on tour right now. And he said, oh, I, I am? Like, <laughs> just genuinely uh, say, oh, well, thank you. Like, just, ah, shucks kind of mentality. Wally Wally Cleaver uh, from Leave it to Beaver days. You know, that kind of that kind of attitude. So I, I love seeing that from Morikawa. Here's the scary thing. I mean, we saw him finish. He made he really solidified things early on, right? Seven, eight, nine with those birdies. And really putting up some separation between him and Spieth, it to me, it looked like a formality coming down the back nine. It was always kind of at arm's length with Spieth. But here's the scary thing. As he wins at St. George's and gets his second major, you look at the majors that Colin Morikawa doesn't have yet, right? Think about the Masters. He hasn't won there yet. Only played it a couple times, right? And then also the U.S. Open. Look at his numbers. What do his numbers favor when you go to PGATour.com and see what he does for the season? Shots gained approach to the green, right? So it's iron play. First, 1.5 shots gained. Unbelievable stats, right? Here's the thing. U.S. Open, a lot of it's second shot golf, right? You're hitting targets. You have got to hit those greens. You've got to give yourself birdie putts. You've got to stay away from the trouble. There's so much trouble around the greens at U.S. Opens. There's that. How about the Masters? How about Augusta National? Same thing. So many people, especially past champions, talk about it being a second-shot golf course. Colin Morikawa has that as the number one thing in his game. He is the second-shot specialist. Scott Van Pelt called him a uh, rocket ship. He's getting ready to take off again. This career is just going. So that's my whole thing right now. The two majors he hasn't won, he should be this place right into his hands, the way those those courses typically play, and, and just the premium that they put on iron play. So this is a scary proposition to see what we have here. But I, I loved, uh, you know, obviously Morikawa getting the win, Spieth in the mix, trying to, to, to make a good run, and there he was, second place. Uh, first time we've seen him in second place in a while in a major. I know he made a run um a couple majors ago, but still, Rom right in the mix as well. 11 under par, obviously impressive. He made four birdies on the back nine. Oh my gosh, it was like he ran out of holes in the end for John Rom. And then, of course, Louis Oosthuizen at 11 under par, 
very disappointing. I know I, I've talked to him in the past at different events like the Honda Classic or the Farmers Insurance Open. He expects so much out of himself. He's so hard on himself as a competitor. And that really comes comes through as well. So you just never know. I don't know. Maybe that's really what the X Factor is. Maybe he just wants it too much. And it's been hard for him to, to come through when he's had these really good opportunities in major championships as he has really the in the last five or six. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, I always remember him at the Masters. Um, in 2020, he was right there going into Sunday, and I asked him about what, what his mindset would be, and he said, you know what? i got nothing to lose. I'm going for this. I, that, that's, that's the attitude. And we did see him make some mistakes, especially early in the back nine at the Open. Uh, he had a chip, I think, was it 10 or 11, where he left it short. It was in the it was in the, the totally in the hay. Uh, but you know what? This guy has the right attitude. I like to see that. And then Kepka right below him at eight under par, tied with Mackenzie Hughes. Of course, Hughes made a good run in the U.S. Open before he drove it into a Tory Pine. Literally uh, couldn't get it out of the tree. So Kepka is still hanging around and uh, basically on one leg, not <laughs> not a hundred percent, but still huge event it was at the Open Championship. Great to see Colin Morikawa get the win. J.J. Jakovac, his caddy, turned 39. And of course, during the ceremony, uh, they they serenade him with happy birthday. What a cool thing for a caddy. So much he's put into Colin Morikawa's career. And it's just great to see both of those guys uh, excel and, and do well. So that's the Open Championship week. Hope you guys had a blast watching it. And now this next part of the podcast, we're going to get into previewing the boys junior. I've got Don Hunter, and he's a COO of the Country Club of North Carolina. Talk about some big changes. They're going from uh, basically doubling their field to 264 players this year. This is a championship Jordan Spieth has won a couple times. This is uh, Tiger Woods has won this multiple times as well, three times. Uh, this is also something by uh, Preston Summerhays won, was the last winner of this championship before they didn't have it last year due to COVID. So anyway, let's get to Don Hunter here as he talks about preparations and what this is going to be like this week for the U.S. Boys Junior. All right, we got the 73rd Junior Amateur coming up here at the Country Club of North Carolina, and it's pretty exciting this week, a lot happening. And I've got Don Hunter on the line, COO, Chief Operating Officer for the Country Club of North Carolina. And Don, what a week this is for you so far. What do you think of uh, a lot of planning, I'm sure, gone into this week? You know, we've been working on this for about three years, and uh, we're very excited about uh, the amazing young men that are playing our courses, and uh, it's it's just really a highlight for all of us who work here and, and a highlight for our members and our history of our club. Well, speaking of the history of your club, this will be the third USGA championship for the Country Club of North Carolina. Why did the, the club pursue a third USGA event? Well, you know, it, here in, in Pinehurst, uh, all the clubs really feel like it's our duty to host national championships. It's part of our strategic plan. Um, we surround ourselves with, with the most focused golf enthusiasts in the country here in Pinehurst. And so it's just kind of in our DNA. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many people in North Carolina, that part of the world uh, down in the Pinehurst area, that just, it's totally in their DNA. It's uh, it's palpable when you get down there to that part of the world. I, I love driving down that way. Uh, this is the first U.S. Junior Amateur in North Carolina. And how does that feel to the club for you? Well, you know, it's always great to, to meet a historic milestone and be the first uh, at any anything. And 
you know, as you know, the field's growing. And so that's also a first. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's very, very heartwarming for my team and for my members to know that they're really participating in a, a major piece of golf history here. Well, you mentioned the field is growing. Kind of explain for the audience where, where it's going from and to for this week. So technically, technically the field has almost doubled. So we're 264 players. And um, uh, this is the first time that the field's doubled. Actually, we thought we were going to be the second club to do the larger field. But unfortunately, with COVID last year, we were, were not able to participate. They were not able to participate or have the championship. So we're the guinea pigs to grow the field. And uh, uh, we're excited to do it. Oh, I gotta be, I'm sure. Um, well, what has been uh, the most difficult thing to manage um, about planning a championship during, you know, throughout a pandemic and then looking ahead? Like, well, what, what, how have you managed things? But, you know, it's, I would tell you, it's, it's been very difficult just not knowing what's next uh, for, you know, a, at least over a year. Uh, I couldn't think of a better partner than the USGA uh, to work with as it relates to dealing with a struggle like this. But, uh, you know, up until just a little, little few weeks ago, uh, we were trying to figure out how many people could be in the gates and how close people could be. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's as normal as I think we could be at this point in time, everybody's safe. Um, but it's, it, that's probably been the hardest part of the championship was just knowing uh, what mitigation efforts would need, need to happen. Well, you mentioned in terms of how close people need to be. So, so what was decided now? Like, is it just people for fans that want to show up or listen to this podcast now? Is it going to be just like a general golf tournament before pandemic? So it's open the, open the general public. It's absolutely free. It's okay. probably the last time you're going to see any of these players uh, without paying a gate charge. So you should, <laughs> you should come see them while you can. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no restrictions at the gate. Uh, there's some slight restrictions on the players as it relates to being indoors and how many uh, family members or coaches they can bring in with them. Uh, so they're limited to three inside for dinner. Um, but other than that, outside, uh, no masks are required if you're fully vaccinated. We're asking people that aren't vaccinated to keep themselves safe by wearing a mask. Um, but, uh, you know, we feel like a large portion of the players are uh, all uh, vaccinated. So we, we feel pretty good. And my staff is, you know, we were among the first to, to get vaccines as soon as they were readily available to, to hospitality workers and golf course workers. Yes. Well, not unsimilar to other USGA events. There's a couple courses involved here. I know the same thing's going to happen with Oakmont country club right where they have a second club so so can you tell us a little bit more about that aspect of things beyond uh the country club uh itself you know when you talk about highest honors uh to be able to have uh two golf courses good enough for a championship uh is is just really a high honor to have and so you know through my member support we've been able to take our dogwood course which has always been very well rated and our Cardinal course, which is also very well rated in our state, to have two A courses, that's, that's something pretty special. Um, both courses are prepared uh, in exactly the same manner. They're going to play very much the same, um, but it's, it's really an exceptional thing to be able to do that. 
And, you know, to be in the ranks of an Oakmont uh, or Saucon Valley, places that really have that much good golf, it's, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and, and for the players' perspective, uh, as they get in ready for this championship and playing this week, what are the best aspects of the club um, and the courses themselves uh, from a player's perspective as they play them? Well, you know, uh, the Country Club in North Carolina is is a very, uh, it's a challenging course. You can challenge the course. You could also get yourself in a lot of trouble by doing that. Uh, but that it's sucks. a very fair course at the same time. So it kind of sneaks up on you. And I, I really think that's one of the exciting aspects when you watch the final two days on television, uh, you're gonna see that uh, they, the players will have some choices to make on the tee. Uh, but if you wanna play par golf and you're, and you're as good as these kids are, it's, it's wide open for you to do that. But when you're really trying to make a run at it, you're gonna to have to really have some good shots. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. If you want to make a run, and so many of these players, they expect so much out of themselves. They want to make that deep run. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, Preston Summerhays won the title, um, uh, this, this uh, prestigious event. So it, it's just interesting. The list of winners uh, is pretty, pretty wide, don't you think? It, you know, it's amazing. And, and when you come down the drive at the Country Club in North Carolina today, you know, everyone from Tiger Woods to Preston Summerhays their photograph is a part of the drive. And so you kind of get reminded of the history of this championship and to know that the winner is going to play in the U S open. Well, that's just so, such a humbling thing for me and my team. Uh, it's, it's just really amazing. Really amazing. Mm. The, the week before the championship started, um, you know, what was that like in the planning and preparations that week before, you know, as players arrived on Friday and, and, and just getting really those last uh, minute preparations together. How, how has that been? So the run up to a championship, this is my ninth. So a run up to the championship is always uh, just an amazing uh, amount of things that have to get done. Uh, we've got over 600 volunteers working this championship. So we've got some great people working on organizing those schedules and making sure all the preparations, things are ordered. Uh, that was exciting. Uh, it's also a time when you always want to make sure you thank the folks that help support the championship from a financial perspective, you know, because an amateur championship, there's no gate income. So the infrastructure really has to come from uh, golf enthusiasts. And so we had a, an amazing party with uh, our member, Webb Simpson, who's uh, a very notable player, who didn't win the junior, but he, he won an awful <laughs> lot. Uh, he, he's a great friend of the club and uh, a host chairman of the event. He was here in the weeks coming up to the event and did a, a, a great uh, party with our members, uh, as well as some other notable players uh, from the area, like Buddy Baker, who's our member, who's uh, a champion from the uh, USGA Junior. And uh, just we, we had a number of people that were just fantastic. Well, speaking of Webb Simpson, a North Carolina guy, um, honorary chairman, what does that mean to the club to have him involved like that? You know, our, our club it attracts a lot of great professional and amateur players. Uh, I think it's because it's remote enough, but close enough. Uh, so people enjoy being in Pinehurst, but you're close enough to 
to large cities if you need to do that. You're close enough to airports. You're in the heart of golf. Uh, everybody on the range is a pretty good golfer at CCNC. And so it's a place where they can practice and be left alone. Uh, for instance, Harold Varner, who is a great up and comer, just got invited to play in the British. He's, he's an ambassador member here at the country club. And uh, we've got uh, at least 20 or 30 uh, fellows and ladies that have been in USA championships. So it's just, it's an amazing atmosphere. Um, and, and I'm just honored to be here. Well, you mentioned volunteers managing that. I'm, I'm curious, it makes me think about committees and how many committees do you have and how has that process been going? In we write about 54 committees. I mean, wow. everything from <laughs> what are we going to do with the bottles of water after the people empty them? We've got an ecology group and, uh, and they're collecting. They're going to save every bottle of water, every water bottle that comes off the course. Uh, we've got hospitality committees and registration committees. Uh, there's golf course committees that focus on the agronomy just to make sure everything's perfect. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a big orchestration. I would say uh, we have two chairs, uh, Robbie Bennett and uh, Mr. Reineman, and they both have been uh, organizing these groups and uh, it should be a well-oiled machine, I think, by the time we crown a champion. Yes, that's going to be an exciting finish there. I always is when you have a champion. As you mentioned, the list of Tiger Woods, Preston Summerhays, there's so many, a variety. Uh, who will it be this year? Um, how, I guess, tell us a little bit about the very unique player gift uh, that they're going to be getting this week, how that came about. There's a, there, there's a group in Southern Pines. You know, this is a, a heavily military area uh, because in Fayetteville, which is just a very short drive from the, the, the pines here, uh, we're, we're all very focused on military Fort Bragg, especially the Delta Force uh, fellows that train there. Uh, there's a company in Southern Pines that collects the uniforms of heroes uh, that, uh, uh, that have served the country. And uh, what, they do, what they have made for us is a beautiful, um, uh, a booklet for the for the uh, yardage booklet uh, that has the American flag on the front, the player's name, and on the inside, the fabric that the thing is that the book is made out of, uh, the the military officer that donated his uniform for that, his name is also in that booklet, and so that it's a awesome. reminder of the freedom that we have to have a great championship was provided by these heroes. And I tell you, they're all, they're all Delta Force guys. These are guys that have really been behind the lines and it's, it kind of makes your hair stand up on end when you, when you really think about it. It's a yeah. great story. Well, it's awesome to give credit where credit's due you know, especially a, a national championship. This is what it is. And so celebrating uh, that service for those, those gentlemen as well, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we just wouldn't be here if it weren't for our freedoms. And so that's, it's just a fantastic way to remind these young people um, just, just uh, how, how important life is to us. Yeah. And, and leading into the championship, has the club done special events in advance of the U.S. Junior Amateur, just kind of preparing that way with special events? 
Yeah, so we had we had the great preview party with Mr. Simpson. Uh, we've had several events with our volunteers, uh, planning events and parties and pizza parties. Uh, the Webb Simpson was certainly the largest. And then after the championship, we're going to have a huge thank you golf outing for our uh, for our supporters and our uh, volunteers. And uh, so with 600 volunteers, you know, they're not all members. So it's a great way for them to access one of the top courses in the Carolinas. And so they're very enthusiastic about making sure that they qualify for that. Yes. Well, speaking of qualifying, um, the champion, what is it going to feel like when the champion is crowned, knowing that they're going to qualify for that U.S. Open at Brookline? You know, that's it's it's just uh, the kind of thing that you just it's it's an amazing situation to be able to first see uh, someone win a national championship. When you you think about all the work that goes into the championship you, while you're doing that work, you're thinking, well, what kind of work does it take to become a champion? These kids have been practicing since, you know, some of them since they were three years old, right? And so you, you just really are celebrating all that work as you see them win. And the humbling experience of knowing that you're going to watch that person on television in the open, I mean, that's just amazing. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's one of the greatest moves the USGA has ever made was to celebrate these young people by giving them a shot at the title. Yes, definitely. And well, for you, I'm sure it's been a lot of planning. And so your, your wife, Rose, and your daughters, I mean, how have you told them, hey, guys, give, give me some more time here. We'll, we'll make this time up to you. How have you managed things? Uh, well, you, know, you, uh, you know, my wife, my wife, Rose, we've been doing this a long time. I've been in the business for 35 years. So uh, she, she knows what goes with the territory. This is, as a couple, this is our ninth uh, championship. Uh, and so she kind of knows what, what goes on. She's laying low most of this week. She'll show up for the, for the, uh, the must, must attend events, but, uh, she's a very supportive wife. I, I couldn't have it better. And, and my girls are always just proud of their dad. Um, uh, and that's a nice feeling for me. Uh, you know, when they, they see something like this podcast or, or uh, something like that. It's uh, like, oh, there's my dad. So that, you know, that feels really good. Really yeah. good. Well, you mentioned the podcast too. The title of my podcast is Beyond the Clubhouse. So to me, it's about the, the lasting friendships we all make from the game of golf. How, how, how cool those are. For you, what are some of the really lasting friendships that have been very special to you uh, from this game? You know, when my daughter was uh, about four years old, we hosted uh, at Sycamore Hills Golf Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, we did the PGA Junior National Championship for a three-year stretch. And the first year, uh, Robbie Shelton, Sheldon was one of the players, and he's on the tour now. And uh, he's, his mom and he have remained a friend of the family forever. And how that started was my daughter grabbed a bunch of balls out of my drawer in my office, was walking around <laughs> and uh, asking for autographs. And, and uh, actually, he, he tried to hand her his player gift, which uh, was an amazing uh, thing for him to do. Of course, we wouldn't let our daughter take that. But uh, <laughs> uh, my wife was so mesmerized by his generosity that uh, he had to, she had to talk to his mom and they've remained friends and Facebook friends forever. And so that's what a championship is all about. It's, it, it brings us all together. Those of us who serve and build 
and those of us who are the players in the championship. And um, for me, it makes the career a full circle. Yes. Yeah. All those effort, all the efforts you put into it uh, these last few years, your career, as you mentioned, great stuff. Uh, enjoy talking with you, Don Hunter here on beyond the clubhouse, the COO of the country club of North Carolina. And listen, enjoy your time this week there at the U uh, S junior. See you sometime. Thank you. All right. My thanks to Don Hunter from country club of North Carolina, the COO uh, so much planning, as you heard, has gone into this uh, tournament this week, this championship USGA event, uh, as they get ready uh, to host it down there uh, just outside of Pinehurst. What a beautiful part of the world if you haven't been down that way. So check it out this week. Should be great. And again, congrats to Colin Morikawa for winning the Open Championship this past week. What a popular winner. You could tell among the British fans how popular he was. Just the the reaction he got uh, during his speech and uh, in the British press room, I love just to hear uh, his mindset. It just very obviously wise beyond his years, but just I, I love how collected he was. I thought what well, was a combination of confidence, respectful, and just collected. And that's what I tweeted out as I heard him in the press room. What a cool moment for his career. Second major championship got to feel like there's more coming even as soon as next year but hey let's not get ahead of ourselves uh hope you enjoy this episode of beyond the clubhouse we'll catch up again soon